Good evening and welcome to the Randell Fisher Show. I am your host, Pastor Randell Fisher. And I am your co-host, Patrice Fisher. Tonight, I am so excited tonight. We have, what we're going to do now is we're going to have the word tonight. We have decided that we're going to make some shifts in the program. And we've decided to honor God with our first fruits. So the first Sunday out of each month, we will be having a word and we'll be having ministers that will come by and who will give the word. Tonight, I am so excited. I have a good friend in the house tonight, (laughs) his wife in the house tonight. I am really, really excited. I have pastors, David and Akira Hazer. They're here tonight. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I'm going to start out talking to Pastor David. Pastor David, if you look into the camera and tell us who you are. All right, well, he already said my name. I'm Pastor David, and I'm associate pastor at Godly Family Faith Center. My wife is uh, a pastor right along with me, and we serve with uh, a great man of God, great woman of God, yes. and which yes. I give honor to as well. Yes. This is Pastor Art and Charmaine Clark. Amen. Yes. And, um, yeah, thank God. We give him a yes. round of applause for him as well. But, uh, yeah, man, I've been, I grew up in church, so I've been in the ministry, ministering, you know, for years. Okay. Now, but pastor Clark, uh, We've been pastoring, I'm sick, it gotta be like six, maybe seven years now. Yes. You know, we start out youth pastors, now we transition into discipleship pastors, and so we just all about the kingdom and God's people. Okay, so uh, uh, Pastor David, when did you first um, give your life over to Christ? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, I grew up in church, like I said. Um, my grandfather was a pastor. My, gra- my grandmother was a first lady. Right. Um, my mother, she was uh, in the ministry as well. She was a single mother. Um, I officially gave my life over to the Lord at 12. Wow. So I was 12 years old. I awesome. gave my life over to the Lord. But then within a two-year period, I noticed with, at, at a young age, I noticed okay. that um, around some of my friends, you know, back in the day, we like to play them. I grew up in the ghetto, so we like to play them nasty game, crazy stuff. I want to act, you know, I'm calling myself a Christian, want to be, but then with my group of friends, you know, we doing crazy stuff, talking a certain way, trying to, so I was one way, you know, in the church and one way somewhere else, and I noticed that at a young age. So at 14, God convicted me. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. I'll never forget one time, you know, because I live in a church house. All right. You know, like a Baptist, my my, my grandfather was a a Baptist uh, preacher. Okay. And, uh, and so I remember one time they was about to have church. It must be a uh, Sunday evening service. Okay. And I'm out there on the block with my kids and with the friends and stuff. We playing. I'm trying to show off to fit in and stuff. They knew me as a church boy. Okay. And uh, they talking and stuff. I didn't realize my grandparents were on their way walking up towards the church. Okay. I'm all loud, acting all bad and stuff, cursing okay. my head off. Okay. Now, I know I don't curse. Okay. I don't do all that crazy right. stuff, even though I grew up in it. But I'm okay. trying to fit in. Okay. And so I'm doing that, turn around, smack dad, boom, here they come walking. Right past me, okay. looking, and it, but the thing, they, they didn't say anything. Okay. They didn't say anything. But God, his Holy Spirit, I felt convicted. And okay. I felt like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, wait a minute, I'm professing one thing, okay. I'm talking one thing, but I'm not doing it. Wow. Okay. That's and good. at that point, from that point on, I'm saying that my journey with the Lord was perfect. It ain't been perfect. Okay. Okay. But from that point on, from 14 years old, I've been serious. You know, but, um, wow. Pastor David, I, I, one thing I admire about you, I've been knowing you now probably about seven years mm-hmm. now. I think mm-hmm. I met you about seven years ago, but right. you got mm-hmm. seven years ago. Right. And you guys have always been the same. 
Awesome. No matter whatever comes out through yeah. the airways or whatever, right. whatever you know, people try to put out on us as Christians. Right. 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 Put out some things. Oh yeah. You've always been the same, and that's what I admire. So I can understand your story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, yeah. you finally decided to be real about it, right. you were real about it. Right. And that's what I appreciate about you. That's why we have you here tonight. Mm -hmm. And any young person that's listening tonight, uh, give us a call at 240-719-256. So if you want to speak to Pastor David and mm -hmm. Pastor Akira and find out just if you're having any struggles as a young person that's being good. a Christian mm -hmm. and find out just exactly how he was able to do it. Right. So, um, right, right. Pastor Akira, yes. tell us a little something about yourself. <laughs> well, um, I've been serving in ministry with my husband okay. um, now, like you said, for the past six, seven years okay. at Agape Family Faith Center. Okay. Um, that's where I actually officially became a pastor. Okay. Um, before that time, I actually met him. Mm -hmm. um, Wow, it's been 20 years now. By the wow. grace of God. Yeah, right. <laughs> By the grace years. of God. And yeah, they're yeah. still smiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah, so met him, yep, a little over 20 years ago, and God just been doing just amazing things with us, and he allowed me to marry my best friend. Okay. And so I, I'm grateful for that. Amen. And we've been able to serve in ministry together right. and grow together. Right. And so I'm really thankful for that. So what has been some of the challenges? I hear, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. I understand. I know. But what are some of the challenges that you think you've had? Challenges just in marriage. personal growth or just? Yes, in, marriage, in your marriage as far as ministry is concerned? Well, I always say for David and I, I married on my 21st birthday. Wow. Totally abnormal. No mm -hmm. one does that yeah. in your 20s. You know, exactly. you're thinking about you're legal now. Okay. And right. so right. Right. at 21, right. I was a married woman. I was, um, I was a mom, okay. you know, and so just out the gate, we've faced challenges. Okay. We've been able to um, overcome a lot, of, a lot of challenges too, being right. a young married couple. Yes. Right. And so with that, we've, um, after 20 years later, we've grown and mm -hmm. we've evolved in our marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not the same person I was when no. he met me at 20. Right. And so right. we've grown, we evolved in that. And yeah, we definitely had to face challenges, not just um, you know in marriage, but also you know even in ministry and just right. growing in ministry, That's learning, right. mm -hmm. learning in right. ministry. You know New things challenges. that right. right things that we didn't know, okay. even as you know becoming youth pastors. Right. You know for the first time, mm -hmm. all of those things present challenges because it's right. something new for you. That's right. good. You know and growth. So we've grown so much where we've been planted at even now. We've mm -hmm. grown so much right, just in right. leadership and learning more about ourselves. Right, right, right. So we're, we're listening tonight and, and we heard the story. If you're, if you're married and young in ministry, call, give us a call at 240-719-2560. I was thinking too, um, one of the questions that I love to ask, uh, be it uh, couples are married in their 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, or what have you, what is the key to a successful marriage? You know, I always say, if you don't mind me jumping in, mm -hmm. I always say, even when we talk to couples at, uh, of all ages, really, mm -hmm. um, I think the number one thing uh, for us is the fact that we both have an independent relationship with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that makes a major difference because there are going to be days and times where we don't see eye to eye. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's going to be days and times when we're not going to like each other. Mm -hmm. She get on my last nerve. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there's been times I know I get on her last nerve. Okay. But the thing I, what I love about it, and the thing about it, and I tell people also that we don't dictate to the Holy Spirit, okay. but the Holy Spirit dictates to us. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. I Meaning, so we have an active 
thriving relationship with the Holy Spirit. So when we're not seeing eye to eye and we both can go before the Lord. Mm -hmm. And at times that in my household, we have times when we pray. Now, I'm going to be mm -hmm. real. We may not pray every single day. Come on. Mm -hmm. But in my household, it's a sanctuary as unto the Lord. So we have, yeah. listen, whenever you want praise, you got praise up in here. You want prayer, you got prayer up in here. So we know it's cultivated in the atmosphere. And so when we don't see that, we can pray. Uh, with each other, we could pray for each other. Mm -hmm. Oh, we got to go to him on our own. Sometimes you just got to go. Okay. And I declare, and she can attest to it, that when we talk to him, when we really lay it out to him, because we're not seeing eye to eye, when he begin to move upon our hearts, and it don't take him long, yeah. he begin to uh, mend and reconcile. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Now, in the midst of that, and this is her lane right here, in the midst of that, I will also mm -hmm. say, uh, that got to be communication. Definitely. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Definitely. With communication. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But in any type of relationship, you got to have communication, even with the Holy Spirit. Right. I can't That's be connected right. with him. I'm not communing somewhere, somehow. Uh -huh. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? And uh -huh. so while we're communing and talking to the Lord, we got to talk to each other. I got to know where she's from and where, you know, where she's coming from, and she got to know where I'm coming from as well. You, you know what I'm hearing yeah, and, what you're, and what you're saying? I hear a lot of people say, and I think it's been a myth, that somebody else completes another person. As far as us believing yes. in Christ, I think... Christ completes us. The Indeed. Holy Ghost completes us, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're able to get along with each other. Right. And I think when we try to make that other person complete us, mm -hmm. make that other person have all the answers, I think That's we put good. too much pressure on the other right. person in the marriage. I, I'm guilty of that myself. Right, Sometimes right. I just expect my wife to have the answer for right. me yeah. when I should go to the Lord and get right. the answer. Mm -hmm. right. And I think that's when you're in self. Yeah. Right. When you're in self, when you're saying, when I'm saying with Teresa, you know, you ain't say what I'm think you should be saying mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she's like I can't because I don't know what you're thinking right so right. I, I think that we we have given people a bad rap by saying oh that person complete no that person I, I'm able to grow and live with that person right that person does bring me joy yeah but to put to uh, uh on somebody to complete me mm -hmm. is it's a lot it's a lot that's a lot it's a lot it's right. a lot of pressure to put on somebody to, com to complete yes. you right. and that's what I heard and what you were saying mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of times in marriages we we put so much pressure on the other person yeah. As believers, right. we put so much pressure yes. on the other person instead right. of going to God, instead of going to the Holy Ghost to get the yeah. answer. Right, right, right. And I think we do do, a, do that a lot. Um, and I think, uh, especially if, if, if you're a child of God, you're a believer, mm -hmm. your, your real true happiness or rather joy, mm -hmm. it should be really complete in him. Yeah. And so anybody that he brings, she's a gift to me. Yeah. In yes. fact, I always tell wow. people next to Christ himself, my yeah. wife yeah. is my best. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. That's right. the way I look at it. But she adds, she's an asset to yeah. what's already there. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And even at times may even help unveil what's already there. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Okay. And so that, um, you know, God forbid that if for whatever reason I don't have her or whatever like that, my joy is still incomplete in him. Right. He's the source. He's right. the glue. You right. see what I'm saying? Without him, I probably wouldn't have her. Right. Or without him, I wouldn't have what I have in her right. as well. Right. I thank God, you know, for her. I thank God for uh, the legacy that I have through her and all of that. Right. But my true joy is him because he's yeah. eternal. Hence the reason is the difference between joy and happiness. Yeah. You see, happiness is, is really dependent on circumstances. Correct. You see, my circumstances could be up and down. And here, you know what I mean? Right. I may be on the mountain one day and the valley another day. Yeah. That's yeah. happiness. Right. You know what I mean? But my joy is consistent because of who he is. Nobody yeah. can take yeah. his joy. That's very Come good. On. You see what I'm saying? And if he resides in me and he's with me and I have his angels with me mm -hmm. and all I have to do is stay connected and body in him like he said, mm -hmm. then nobody can really take my joy. Yeah. If somebody do, it's the choice for me to release it. To let it go. You see what I'm saying? And then nobody going to come and take my joy away because he okay. told me that nobody could pluck me or anybody else out of his hand. 
Come on here. I trust him with that. Save a little bit. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Save, I want to go too far. Save, save, save a little bit because he's going to bring right, the word right, for us right, tonight. Right, right. So I, he's already getting warmed up. He's ready. He's ready. Already. I, I really appreciate what he's saying. You can give us a call at 240-719-2560. We're going to be taking a few questions before we go into the word on tonight. I am excited. I have a real man of God in the house, a real woman of God in the house. And we're not going to pretend we don't want to be super spiritual tonight. Right. And no right. earthly good. We are earthly good. If you call in and ask us some questions, yes. we'll be able to show you that we're earthly good. But tonight, yeah. we just want to give it all to the Lord on tonight. Amen. I just Amen. feel the Holy Ghost just wants to do something tonight. If you're out there and you're listening, I yes. don't know what you're going through right now, but you can call us and we can help try to help you. We don't have all the answers, Amen. but we know who does have the answer. Right. So give right. us a call at 240-719-2560. I need to go back and do something. I need to apologize to any listeners that may have been listening last week. I closed down the show without saying good night. You know, I'm new, so just charge it to my head and not my heart. I always want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm talk to my audience in a way with respect. And last week, I forgot to say good night because we were so excited about the show. I also forgot to say happy Thanksgiving. So yes. my prayers that everybody had a good <laughs> Thanksgiving. A great Thanksgiving. And please forgive me. I apologize yes. for that. But I just wanted to get that out because we want to make sure our audience know that we are we care about you. Whether it's one person or 20 people, we care about you. So tonight we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we may just have a little more conversation before we go into the word. Amen. Amen. So be it.
welcome back to the Randell Fisher Show. We are excited. Uh, our guests are here, Associate Pastor David Hazer, along with his lovely wife, Akira Hazer. And since we were talking about marriage at this moment, we're talking about uh, commitment, communication. I wanted to ask you, Akira, how important is it to have friendship in your marriage? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's very important. Um, that's the basis for, I know for David and I, right. like we started off as friends first. And I just feel as though that is so important in marriage because even when, like he said, we might have our times where he's getting on my nerves or I'm getting on his nerves, okay. or even when times are just getting rough, sometimes we could come out of our mouths and do more damage than we do anything else. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, so, I know for myself, I don't want to hurt my friend. Right. Speak okay. on that. At right. the end of the day, wow. that's that's my friend. Even wow. if my husband is doing me wrong, even if I'm doing wow. it wrong as as a wife, at the end of the day, I don't want to hurt my friend. Wow. Right. You know, I just feel like in a friendship, because we love is a little overrated. We always put everything on love, love, love. On. But what about the caring aspect? Right. Okay. I care about his feelings. I care about who he is as a man. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm. And so with that, yes, I love him, but I care about him. I care enough about our friendship. Mm, wow. To want that even that's more so, so. You know, I, that's so I, good. I'm saying, I, I feel you. I, I mean, mm -hmm. what you just said was so powerful. Yes, yes. What you said was so powerful in the church. I think we like we rely on the word love so much, mm -hmm. and we really don't mean it. Right. Yeah. Because if you you don't care about me, then really you don't love me. Yeah. You just you just saying, and you don't have to love me so much that I, I I'm just you know I'm just the apple of your eye. You know when you see me or you just brighten up, lighten up. No, but if you love me enough to care, yes. yeah. Yes. And I think so a lot of times important. we're so cavalier in the church where mm. we really just don't care. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's why we, we're not praying for each other. That's yeah. why we're not able to understand what each other's going through mm. because I don't really care. I just right. want to get through Sunday service. I want to get home. I mm. want to get through Bible study. I want to get home. I don't, you know, you're not somebody I'm also on my Rolodex. So therefore, mm. I don't really care what's going on with you. I don't, you know, in my heart, I don't want you to die or nothing like that. But right. I really don't right. care what's going on. And I right. think that what you just said is so powerful because I think we skipped the part of building a friendship in the church. That's so mm. good. Right. Yeah. Relationship oh is the basis, Thank man. You God. We, mm. we, we forget that part. You're helping right. me tonight because mm. I never really thought of it from that aspect. Mm -hmm. Wow. I never really thought, well, mm -hmm. let me make this, let me do what I can to allow this person to be my friend. Yeah. Let's yeah. just develop a relationship through the church. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Not through really saying we're friends. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do I care if I don't see you on Sunday? Do I care if I don't hear from you? Do yeah. I care if I don't talk to you or not? Do I, yeah, so I think that it's for men, David, I think right. the men, why men are having yeah. some problems in the church because we have gotten out of that male bonding. Right, right, right. Yeah. We're not male right. bonding wow. anymore in the church. So therefore, men are feeling like I, I come, I don't, it's okay, nobody mm -hmm. cares. No, and we're not male bonding. Tonight, right. you convicted me with what you just said. Wow. Because I never really, I, I, I never even thought of it that way, mm -hmm. truth be told. Mm -hmm. That am I building a friendship? Right. Or am I just building a church relationship? Wow. If anybody's going through that tonight, that's give that's us a call powerful. at 240-719-2560. We're here to oh, answer all so your questions because we know you have some questions out mm -hmm. there about just church relationship, a godly relationship. Mm -hmm. So right. give us a call at 240-719-2560. During the break, I was reminded mm -hmm. by Pastor David that he written a book a while ago. Pastor David, can you tell us about your book? Yeah. Oh, indeed. So, uh, look, mm -hmm. I haven't talked about this in a minute. So, uh, But I wrote a book called Change of the Atmosphere. 
okay. but from a holy hip hop perspective. Okay. It's because, you know, uh, I've been doing uh, rap for a while as well. Okay. You know, uh, dedicated, of course, to the Lord. You know, so when I think about the book, the whole idea with the book, and of course, I am who I am. Okay. And what's in me is going to come out. Okay. So if I'm, all, I'm, you know, I'm all about the Lord. I love the Lord. Then, okay. you know, he's going to come out. Okay. So in my music, he comes out. Okay. And in the book, he comes out. Okay. So I don't know if you, you know, if you ain't really uh, good with hearing the kingdom message and good news and the gospel and stuff, mm -hmm. you may look at the book and say, man, that's kind of preachy. Okay. You see what I'm saying? But, um, but the, the whole idea behind the book is the fact that the Spirit of God, or God himself, is going to come through hip-hop. And a lot yeah. of people just mm -hmm. want to diss hip-hop, throw it away, saying it's not useful, especially the church. Okay. And I think the church still fight it today. Mm -hmm. um, but the God that, that the Lord himself will infuse or infiltrate hip-hop. That's good. Mm -hmm. He will bring everything that he is into hip-hop. Okay. Yes. You see what I'm saying? And then he will reach those that a lot of people think are unreachable. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? That's and true. I believe, even though I wrote that like, what, probably uh, almost eight years maybe eight years ago, yeah. uh, I yeah. believe that we're seeing some of the things that he allowed me to write about. Yeah. We're seeing some of that yeah. today. Of course. Of course. And I've seen we've seen a little bit of it, you know, as we probably, but even the more. You see what I'm saying? I'm not going to jump too deep into this because some people may think this is political. or I know the okay. church is divided with this or whatever. Okay. But the fact that what Kanye is going through, yes. and personally wow. myself, yes. I would say pray. Because yeah. you don't know what's, what he's going through. You don't right. know what he's dealing with. Yes. You may think, I don't know. I mean, he right. made it doing this just to get some hoopla, whatever the case. The, the point is, you know, he's crying out. Yes, yeah. he is. Yes. And he's immediately using what God has given him. So my thing was pray uh, because God can use him, is using him already to stir up conversation. You know, people that don't normally talk about is talking about Jesus as Lord, whether they like it or they don't like it. Um, and God has his ways of how he will infiltrate exactly. and how he will penetrate exactly. and who he will use exactly. and how he will use them. Yeah. We are, when you look at the big picture, we ain't nothing but vessels, right. vessels. That's right. good. I ain't going to preach, but we are That's vessels. Good. That's exactly what we are. Okay. And yes. the Lord has the right to use whatever vessel he want to use That's when right. he want to use them. Right. You see what That's I'm saying? Right. When I was growing up, they used to tell me that God can use a drunk on the side of the road That's to right. speak that a word true. into you. That's I don't right. doubt it. That is true. And that drunk may got a whole lot of trouble, a lot of that ungodly stuff going on, but if God decides he want to speak, That's he right. can. That's right. And right. we see it in the scripture. God don't use a donkey. We can't sure. take that out the scripture and throw it away. That's right. You see what I'm saying? We can't throw Kanye away. Right. So in, your book, yeah, so in your book, in your book, what is, give me a, a, a line that you had in your book, something that you said that, that would stick out to the people, that people would. Um, you know what, honestly, honestly, I really think the title, because my book is kind of unique. I don't got okay. a cover of it. With it. I had okay. one of my buddies back in the day kind of like draw an okay. image that I saw. Okay. And so what I saw, the changing the atmosphere, the atmosphere of our world, because hip hop does have a great major mm -hmm. influence. And I think okay. it still has a major influence yes. in our world. Many yes. people, black, white, Asian, all over the world, people are influenced by hip hop, whether it's just the dress, the music, the style, graffiti, a whole lot of stuff is influenced by hip hop and stuff. Um, but on, on the cover of the book, what I imagined was the Holy Spirit or God himself, you know, personified in a mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. And he using the earth as a mic. Yeah. Okay. And what he's doing is speaking into it. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so when we think about hip-hop, we got the mic and we ready to grip and we about to spit well, whatever we're going to spit. And what a lot of people don't realize, I don't care what type of hip-hop or rapper you uh -huh. are, whatever, you preach it. Yeah. That's right. You're a preacher or a pastor, Absolutely. you're preaching. That's right. You got your little, your fan base or whoever it is, but you're preaching. Whether you want to call that religious or not, whatever you want to call it. But my point is, when I saw that, that's what I saw. So I got him to try to draw it and stuff like that. So it's basically like an earth, and you don't see him. You see like an outline of an image. Okay. You see it? Because we know we don't have an image of God. Okay. But then he gripping the earth like it's on a mic. Yes. And he's about to speak into it. Wow. You see what I'm saying? So I'm thinking the title itself would just catch people, okay. uh, you know, um, 
catch their eyes though. And what's the title of your book? Changing the Atmosphere. Changing the Atmosphere. Which is We needed. are changing the atmosphere tonight for this show. Yes. This is our first <laughs> word show, uh, Strictly for yes. the Word. Oh, we have a caller. Thank All you right. for calling. Caller? Go ahead, caller. Go ahead, caller. Hey, how are you? We are uh, fine. Yeah, who are we, yeah. who do we have the, yeah, like the pleasure <laughs> of speaking to? Uh, you have the pleasure of speaking to Arthur Clark. I've known David here forever. Uh, Patrice, I've known you forever. And uh, Pastor, I am so pleased that you, what you guys are doing. Uh, I just have a quick question, just for some dialogue. Um, and, and I want to just ask you to David here and Pastor, you and Patrice want to answer as well. Okay. Uh, Bible tells us that, and I hear you guys talk about marriage, and it's just grateful to do it, uh, that, that our relationship with each other should resemble Christ's relationship with the church. In practical terms, what does that look like from both of us, my perspective? What does that look like? Oops, say that one more time, uh, Pastor R. The Bible tells us that our, our marriage yeah. should resemble Christ's relationship with the church, and sometimes we feel like we struggle to understand okay. that. Uh, okay. Okay. What does that right. look like? Right, right, right. All right, so can I, can I chime in real quick? Go ahead. All right, so uh, from a, 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 a husband perspective, mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying? And if we're going strictly about... David, you tell it from a husband, you and Pastor, um, Pastor Patrice and Pastor Kim, you can talk about it just from a wife's perspective. Okay, mm -hmm. that's good, that's right. good. Because I mean, uh, truth be told, I can only speak from a man's perspective. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I mean, the world got their way of how they should, it got so many ways of how they should be, uh, you know, how the husband should be in the home and all that crazy stuff. But the mm -hmm. Bible has the blueprint. And the Lord already says uh, how he want us to be as husbands. Mm -hmm. And so as a husband, if I really uh, love my wife or I'll say, um, you know, I want to mm -hmm. uh, have a covenant and a commitment with my wife, you see what I'm saying? Then, first of all, my covenant and commitment will be uh, long-lasting. Just like Christ's relationship with the church is long-lasting. Okay. It's everlasting. It's not like something that's here and it's going to go. The other thing is I pose a love for as he loves the church. Mm -hmm. And then when you start digging into him as the head of the church, now you start saying, well, how did he love his wife? Mm -hmm. How did he love the church? Mm -hmm. Well, he loved the church by taking care of the church, by providing for the church, by leading the church, by guiding the church. And ultimately, here's the thing that I think a lot of husbands don't really get, is by sacrificing, by dying. Yeah. I done already made my mind up, no matter what come our way, I'm going to already put myself, not you, but I'm going to put myself and I would die for you. And that's because I love you. I think that also connects to what she was talking about being friends as well. Mm -hmm. I think the Lord, because I don't want people to think of him so, and he is mm -hmm. so high, mighty, and powerful. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that or whatever, mm -hmm. but, uh, but he is also our friend. Right. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Go ahead, please. So, so pa mm -hmm. Pastor Art, I, I think that the one thing that we're missing is um, in the church where husband and wives, we have to show more love. Mm -hmm. We have to show love and we have to show being consistent with each other and staying the same. Um, and the love that we have for each other is obviously going to pour out for the love for the people in the church. That's what it should look like. I believe that when you, when you, when you see Jesus Christ, you, something about you has to change. Mm -hmm. So when people see us as husband and wife, regardless of what they're going through, something has to change. We need to be given off an aroma. You know, there's a sweet aroma that God loves, right? So we need to be given off that aroma that there's something special going on there. Right. There's something special about these two people. There's something special about the way this man treats his wife. There's something special about the way this man looks at his wife. There's something Ooh. special about the way That's he talks good. about his wife. Mm. And, and, and you, you understand what I'm saying, Pastor R? 
love it. And we're going to let the ladies chime in now. <laughs> I was uh, thinking, um, Pastor Art, that 1 Corinthians 13 came to my mind, one of the most powerful scriptures mm -hmm. that I am still growing and learning in. It says that love keeps no record of mm, wrong. That's good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that means um, I don't hold it against you right, um, right. in an argument and try to reflect on something you did in the past. Right. I believe mm -hmm. that um, those are the challenges that we have to walk through successfully and apply it because you don't want to be unforgiving in your marriage. Mm -hmm. When wow. you walk with God, you don't want wow. to hold back bitterness because wow. of something that he or she said right. years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. no, that's good. Love keeps no record of wrong. So when Christ mm -hmm. forgives you, then you forgive others wow. as, you, Come on. as he forgave Come on. you. And yes. you learn to forgive yes. within yes. yourself. Right. So you don't remember what they've done. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not talking about physical abuse. That's something right. completely different. Right, right. But I believe in yeah. a marriage, I should keep no record of what has taken place in the past that possibly I didn't agree with. Right. There is a way to work it out and communicate and spend time right. with love and loyalty and commitment. And understanding is a key. Yeah. Mm. I've come, I've come yes. to learn that you have to understand one another. Right. The yeah. way I think is, the, is different from my husband. Right. So I have to understand, and you may not always agree like you said, or everything, but learn to establish that foundation of love and build on it. Right. So right. keep a record of wrong. Okay. That's good. Sister Kira. <laughs> and I was just thinking too, as wives, that we build our husbands up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We build them up, um, respect them. Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us to respect them and mm -hmm. to honor them. And so just to respect David in my life, even if he's not in um, an expectancy of what I think that he should be in or someone right. else should be to still respect talk. him where real he's talk. at. Mm -hmm. right, right. You know, I could just real say talk. just testimonial wise, our first year of marriage, he lost his job. Okay. And with that, I still honor, I still respected him wow, wow, where wow. he That's was so at, wow. where he was at. That's and so right. that respect. And then also the other word that came to me was help me mm -hmm. yeah. for us to be help meets to our um, husbands, mm -hmm. right. almost literally like your Holy Spirit in his life, as wives, we have the power to change the atmosphere wow. in our husbands' lives. That's so good. Wow. So good. We, we, have that, we have that by praying for him, by encouraging him. Whether you see it or not, men need encouragement as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. a lot of times as women, I know I'm always talking about with him, my emotional tank needs to be filled more. <laughs> but even as a man, his emotional tank needs to be filled. Emotional tank. Yeah, yeah. it's an emotional tank. <laughs> I, I may not talk about right. that, but The communication you know. is different. But yeah. she knows. And yeah. so, yes, we, we have to do that for each other. And as wives, we have that inside of us. God has given us yes. intuition. He's given us that peace that they right. need right. in order to uphold them and build them up. So when they go out here and got to preach the gospel and do what God has called them to do, that they know we got our, no, we got their backs. Wow. Right. Pastor, all right, how, how we doing? How we doing? <laughs> hey, Y'all doing great, man. I just want to throw it out there because I just heard you guys diving in. And so anybody that wanted to listen, I just wanted to hear you guys talk about that. This is blessing me uh, tremendously, man. I'm just so proud of what you guys are doing. And, Thank you. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Um, thank I you. love you guys. Love, love you, man. We love, love you, you too, Pastor. And thank you for calling in, Pastor. You're welcome. You're welcome. God bless. Bless, bless you. you. Bless you.
Wow, that was our pa pastor Art. That was yeah, your yeah, pastor. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. That's my brother right. for That's sure. Yes. I'm excited. That's my brother. I'm excited about that because go ahead, you have something to say. <laughs> I'm staring it up. So I was thinking about when Akira talked about the emotional tank. Yeah. And how we as women, <laughs> okay. oh, I feel so good about this. We as women use that as an escape goat. We, mm. we easily mm. use that to, uh, yes. to uh, excuse us of our bad decision making. Wow. Wow. Um, I dare another woman or wife, and I try to train myself to do this, mm. to not use the escape goat as women are emotional. Mm -hmm. Women can be sober. Yes. Wow. When you read the word, wow. be sober-minded. Yes. So we do have yeah. the right, That's right to bring our emotions under mm. subjection. Absolutely. Bring our mind wow. under subjection and begin to think clearly, <laughs> yeah. yes. clearly. precisely, yeah. be right. sober-minded. We, we can eliminate saying that we are women and built with emotions, so yes. excuse us. Does it really deserve to be excused, or does it really Ooh. need to be managed properly right 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 wow so elder i i i gotta so i say stuff and to me what you just said is confirmation mm -hmm. yeah. and so so we statistically speaking a lot of people would say that women are emotional yes sir yeah. mm -hmm. so from a kingdom perspective though okay. um and i want to know if i'm wrong in the way i'm thinking and stuff. okay so from a kingdom perspective yeah you're emotional mm -hmm. he who created you knows that you're emotional you yes. get that mm -hmm but you have someone residing inside of you. Yes, yes, sir. And then one or the other is going to be in control. Yeah. And so my good. understanding is that the Holy Spirit, right, mm -hmm. he has control. And that's not, that's not to say that you should suppress your emotions. Because mm -hmm. okay. what I'm hearing what you're saying is that you're submitting it over to him. Yes. So you just yes. don't let it go haywire. Yes. That's you see it. what I'm saying? It just don't go haywire mm -hmm. and then you justify the reason why where I'm a woman, I have a right, and whatever the case may be. Yes. You have Holy Spirit. All powerful God, mm -hmm. and with that, He is able to sober you and use you, and even use all of that Ooh. towards. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. it does. Uh, a caller, mm. we have a caller. Caller, you're on the line. Yes, hello. Hi. Hi. Who am I speaking with? Um, I am C. I'm pretty sure David, uh, Mr. David, should know who I am. Say the name. What's the Say name again? Say your name. Say your name. Caleb. Caleb. That's Caleb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did he say Caleb? I thought he said Caleb. Did you say Caleb? Yes. Hey, Caleb, how are you? <laughs> Why the world does sound like he's changing his voice? You changed your voice, you changed your <laughs> voice for me. I didn't recognize your voice, sir. How can we help you tonight? Um, I just have a question. Okay. Um, with, That's my Since we're on the topic with marriage, um, I would like to ask how, I know my mother and father they love each other very much, okay. but in a teenage perspective, how can I improve their marriage? Oh, how can I make it stronger? Wow. See, I'm sorry. Wow. So, okay. so I'm gonna wow. get you to repeat that question. This is wow. my son's best friend, Caleb. Oh. So when he said C, and okay. then when he was talking okay. and stuff, I said, Oh, okay. I got so him now. The same name? Yes, they okay. best friends. Right. Caleb, they go to school okay. together. Okay. So C, C, do me a favor. <laughs> if C, let me first thank you for calling him. Yes. Thank yes. your father yes. also. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. But I want you to repeat your question for me. Repeat it one more time, please. Okay, so for me being a teenager, and I know my mother and father love each other very much, okay. but their, their relationship and their marriage relationship isn't as strong as I want it to be. Right. Mm -hmm. So as, in a teenage perspective, how can I make it stronger? Oh, that's good. 
Okay, that's good. Now, see, let me, let me, uh, I'm going to chime in. I'm going to open it up for my, uh, my brother, my sister, my wife, everybody to chime in as well. All right, so to understand your question, you're saying you know that they, they love each other, your mother and your father. They, they're, they're in a marriage, they love each other, but you don't think it's as strong as you expect it to be. And now you're saying, uh, how can you make it strong? Is that correct? Yes. That's what it's All right, so I hear your heart. Yeah. I hear your heart. But I want to let you know that it, it won't necessarily be you who will make it stronger. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. Do you hear me? All right, so what you can do is that you can go before your Heavenly Father. Yes. And you can lay your petition down before your Heavenly Father. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Lay your petition down, and you can continue to lay your petition down before your Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. And then what you do is continue to love on your mother and your father as if they are already loving each other and demonstrating that love as if they are already at your whatever you expected. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. All right, so you're going to trust God to do the work. He's going to do the work. You're going to trust God to move on your father, that he will love his wife no matter how she's acting as a godly husband. And then you're going to expect your, wife, your, your, your mother to love and respect and humble herself to her husband uh, no matter how he's responding as, as if she was doing it as unto the Lord. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. That makes sense. And so, but you can't, you can't really, uh, I don't want you to belittle your part. Your part is praying before the Lord. And your part is loving on your mom. I love you as my mom. I love you and thank God that you are my father's wife. And also, I love you as my dad. I love the fact that you are my mother's husband. You, you're speaking life into it, but you're also going to the one who can make the difference. That's so good. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And then you're going to trust God. That's what we do. That's what faith is. I'm going to trust God to okay. do what, what I think may be impossible or what I'm not able yes. to do. Caleb, I'm going to ask you a question tonight. Um, how's your grades in school? So in first quarter, I got a three. I tell a three point eight. All right, yeah, so awesome. I'm maintaining A's and B's. I'm just preparing for a PSAT test that's coming in two okay. days. Okay, awesome. So see that I want you to know that that's your part right there. That's your part right there. Continue to do the best that you can do, and that's showing your parents how much you love them. Regardless of what you feel sometimes, because sometimes as a child, as a teenager, we're not going to say that you don't have no feelings about what's going on. But you want to always stay focused on doing your best. Right. Okay? Right. Yes. And you, and because you're a smart guy, I can tell that you're a smart young man. If you want to, sometimes sit down and ask your parents, can you talk to them? Mm -hmm. right. If it's yeah, safe for you to talk to them. Yeah. And just yeah. communicate how you feel. I think a lot of times, mm -hmm. I have five sons, Excellent. and I think that That's a lot right. of times, because of the way my life went, I never really asked them how they felt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I never really took the time mm -hmm. to even find out how they felt. Right. I, I think right now I'm reaping the benefits of how some of them felt, mm -hmm. um, which is okay. God will work everything out. But you have to just continue to be the best you you can be, Amen. continue to be positive, yes. and, and sit down and talk to them. Or are you, if you're able to talk to them, or if you need to talk to a counselor or anything like that, or you need to talk to the pastor, you need to talk to Pastor David or Pastor Akira, okay? Amen. Okay. I think you. I think I think you asked an awesome question. Yes. I think a lot of teenagers should be able to ask that question without any fear or shame or anything like that. I am so proud of you tonight. Yes. And I just wish you the best in your career, all right? Thank you. All right. One more thing. See, we praying for you, dude. Yes. All we right, praying for you, you and your household. We love you guys, man. All right. Yes. Thank, thank you. Th thanks for calling. Love you, Caleb. Welcome. Wow.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's I mean, my son's buddy right there. You see, the best you one. see, yep. this is what we kids need to be safe to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Right. To be able to say, right. hey, I, what I like about what he said. Right. Right. How can I help? Right. Help. Instead right. of yeah. instead so of it shows that he cares. Going back cares. to that care. He cares. Right. He cares. Instead yes. of turning on moms, instead of turning on dad, right. instead of blaming it on anybody, he mm -hmm. asked, "What can I do?" Right. That's right. right. Mm. What you right. can do is make sure your room is clean. Right. Make sure your trash Every is out. Every little small this thing. This is a little small thing yes. that you can do to make it to make it easy. Sit down and talk to him. Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? But just think of all the kids who really ask that question. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. What do you think of the kids who come to you and say, you know, mom, dad, look like y'all. Mm -hmm. Having a rough time, right? Yeah. Is there anything I can do? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because what I you what that. we don't understand is we don't know what they're feeling. That's we right. assume hold on, we assume that they have a room and yeah, they have yeah, food yeah. and they have clothes and yeah, yeah, we're taking yeah. them here and there, and but we enough. don't really know what they're that's feeling. Very, that's yes. enough. Very and I, you know, I'm guilty of really not knowing. Mm -hmm. You know, and so so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, so I'm getting educated tonight right. on on some things I need to sharpen up on. Right. Because you don't know, you got to be able to take it when they say it. Oh yeah, that's right. With respect, right? Yes. With respect, you got to be able to take what they're saying, right? But they need to have the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. You may not like what they're gonna say. They may bring out something that you haven't even really thought about. Right. Well, it makes me nervous when you guys yell at each other. Mm -hmm. Well, it makes me nervous when I hear you slam the door. Right. Well, if I see that's daddy so sleeping good. on the couch, yeah, yeah, or yeah, going yeah. to another room. That's true. Right. And that's right? what I want to feed on. And then I see him leaving out. And I see him leaving out. Right. 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 You know, and you're not talking to me. So if kids are able to do that, mm -hmm. wow, yeah. it will bring the families back together. Yes. It will bring the they families feel the freedom. Back. They feel free. Right. If it's safe for them. Right. Now, being right. a home where there's verbal abusive and physical abuse, right. well, that's a whole other story. Shut down. Right. But they're going to shut down. Right. But, you know, we got to get back to talking. Like you said yeah. on the onset of the show, we communication. Yes. Communication works for everybody. It does. Yes. It does. Communication. I, I, I always um, tease... Um, uh, I'll tease Sierra, I, I tell my wife, I said, you know, when I married her, I just thought that, you know, I'm just Sierra, I'm her stepfather, and that's it. Right. You know, that's the end of the relationship. <laughs> but she showed me that that wasn't it. Mm -hmm. Sierra's a very strong-minded young lady. Right. Mm -hmm. And she showed me, well, you know, you got to work with me. You got to, and I got to work with you, and we got to, right. we got to right. work it out. And ain't all, because you married my mother, you married my mother. You, you understand right, what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. And then, you know, we got to work this thing out. Yeah. Yes. So, and a lot of times, you, you, you want to come in like you to, you know, mm -hmm. like I got all the answers, right. so and, and you can't have all the answers. Right. right. You yeah. can't have all the answers. Okay. So I, I always, I learned a lot from Sierra. I said it at her wedding. I learned a lot from her mm -hmm. as far as, as a step-parent. You know, it's not my first time being a step-parent, right. and I've learned from all the, you know, children that I've dealt with. Right. But I, I finally heard something that I didn't hear before. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. you got to have a relationship where you got to get to know me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so key. Yeah. Right. I may not like some things about you mm -hmm. because I don't know you. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Right. But you expect me to just accept everything about you because you're married to my mother. That's mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you see what right, I'm saying? Right. So we, we don't think about that aspect right. of it. Right. And then, Pastor, let me chime in real quick. Go ahead, I, sir. I, um, I think another thing, and it's kind of feeding off what you just said, but uh -huh. I think another thing that we got to keep in mind, especially as parents, uh -huh. um, honestly, no matter what, uh, how old our children are, yeah. uh, for first thing, you, you never know uh, who's watching you. Exactly. Yeah. Especially right. those that are inside your home. Exactly. How we interact or don't interact affects right. them. Exactly. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Exactly. And a lot of time at that age, 13, yeah. 14, all that stuff, they really don't know how to respond. Exactly. And they, they try to put pieces and stuff together. You right. see what I'm saying? So they hear, especially, and at that age, and they hear stories, they talking to each other, all right. that type of stuff or whatever, you know, they go in and compare. 
Yeah. Right. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. They're going to compare and stuff. Okay. Um, They're going to play you. How we <laughs> love on each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? We we yeah. it's something that we cultivate. You know, my wife mess with me and come grab me, kiss on me. I come grab on her and kiss on her, and we yeah. don't have nothing right. in front of the kids and all that type right. of stuff. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And then we know that you know one is genuine. You know, yes. two we know that what it's doing towards them. Yes. What they say is one. I think it's it's strengthened us, but it's also strengthened what they should see as a uh, yes. a healthy relationship. Yes. Exactly. But they also see that, and they they also could pick up when something's not right, when there's right. fiction exactly. and stuff. They're yeah. not talking. Exactly. They're not communicating. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, or somebody's carrying something like that, and the kids can see that, yes, and they, they can, can sense that. But what we're not thinking about how is it affecting them? That's Let's so just think if something like that was to last for a season, for a long minute, wow. how would that affect them? Right. Yeah, that would become yeah. normalized to them. Right. Yeah. That's the way it's. It's supposed to be. So when yeah. they get there, then all they're going to do is what they saw. That is exactly. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. I, I'm talking to her a certain way, yeah. not talking to her a certain way, yeah. talking better about other women and other people, not talking better about, I don't care if they in church or not. Right. I don't right. care if they first lady or not. That's right. You're speaking well and all that stuff. Daddy, you always get excited. You talk about all this. Well, you never see you do that Absolutely. for mommy. Yeah. If they see talk. that and cultivate yeah. that, they're going to do the same thing when they get there. Well, you yeah. know what? Um, you just said something that kind of uh, sparked something in me. Even in church, right, when the adults are talking about each other right. in front of their children, right. it causes their children to act a certain way towards you. Of course. Yes. And you're kind of trying to figure out, well, why is this child acting? This child don't want to speak to me. Child's acting funny. Right. Because the parents right. have sat down and, and had some conversations. And ran right. their mouth. Right. Right. Yep. You, you understand right. what I'm saying? Which it causes the child not to have respect for the, for the, for right. the person. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You see, so yeah. it's very it's very important how we communicate right. with, with the children, around the children. That's right. We need to get back to that. Right. Because yeah. we may be the only God they really watching. That's it. They That's may so be true. at church yep. because we're telling them to come to church. Right. But we may be the only God they really watching. You're right. Because at the end of the day, we're something tangible that they can see. Right. So yeah. they're saying if he's acting like this, then maybe I don't want that God that he's acting like. Or right. if she acting like mm-hmm. this, I don't want that God that mommy got. Because mm-hmm. mommy... Teaching us how to lie. Mommy telling us to tell tell the people we're not here on the phone. And, and, wow. you, you, right. You, you understand no, you're right. But we're so right. every Sunday. Right. You, you understand right. what I'm saying? Or, or, or daddy's home. He's having a drink. Mm-hmm. You know, he's drinking up. He's drunk every right. Sunday for the football. Mm-hmm. But he was at church earlier today. Right. You're right. You, you and they're picking all that up. So they're picking all, they that, picking all that up. up. And not to say that we, we're perfect. Right. We, have, we have some things. Right. But we have to really take time. Right. And I think a lot of times, you guys, I think parents have been selfish, mm-hmm. if That's you will. Right. Mm-hmm. They've been selfish about, it's my life. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, do, it, do, yeah. do as I say and not what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Boy, this is a exciting mm-hmm. conversation tonight. You are watching the Randall Fisher Show. Please give us a call at 240-719-2560. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yes. good. Very good. Good stuff. Man, this is...
Well, welcome back. We're coming back from our break. As we promised tonight, this first Sunday, the first Sunday out of each month, will be dedicated to preaching the Word of God. And tonight, I am so excited for our first Sunday to have Pastor David. I, I, I always, I got to say his name right. Let me say his name right. Tell me his name again. Isaiah. Hazer. Hazer. See, Hazer. see, I got to say. Isaiah, <laughs> from Agape Family Center in Temple Hills, Maryland. So tonight what we're going to do is we're just going to go ahead and turn him loose and let the Lord have his way. still be in the church, been in the church for a long time, but deeply disconnected. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? You're there, you're going through the motions, but you're not connected. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Or you may be agnostic. You just believe that something or someone up there, but you just have no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? I'm praying that something be said or done that will reach you. And even for the atheist, that person just mm -hmm. don't believe that he exists at all, and we are all weak-minded. Mm -hmm. You got a lot of people who think we are weak-minded, we're yes. wasting our time. You just caught up and organized religion and all that great. I believe, and I say by faith, that that state of being that you are in, that unbelief, will not last forever. Mm -hmm. It won't last forever. You will not be in that state forever. And I'm not, that's not a threat. That's not a threat. It's a promise. Because I'm going to trust God that he's going to meet you while you're still on this side of the grave. And he's going to reveal himself to you right where you are. He's going to meet you right in your unbelief. He's going to reveal himself to you to the point that you don't need no man, no woman, nobody. And what you call organized religion, you're going to see for yourself in this great vastness of life that he has created. He will reveal himself to you and you will see. My prayer is that this will be reached out to you. Let's put some things in perspective, though. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there, there is nothing or no one in all of creation uh, in the kingdom of life. In the kingdom of darkness, there is nothing, there is no one that can compare to how great he is. Absolutely. I don't care what angel, and there are some powerful angels. I don't care what demon or devil, there are some powerful demons. But they cannot be compared 
to who he is. I don't care if you are a man or a woman of God. I don't care what title you hold. I don't care if it's part of the Catholic or the Protestant. I don't care who it is. I don't care how gifted you are, how anointed you are. There is nothing and no one who can compare to Almighty how he is, our Heavenly Father. He is in a league all by himself. I think that is important because our perspective, depending on how we see him, it depends on how we respond to him. Yes. Make sense? Yes. And so, so he himself, there is not a moment that goes by that he is not being praised. That's important. Not a second, not a millisecond that goes by in all of the heavens and all of the earth that he is not being worshipped, that he is not being prayed. The Bible uh, reveals to us that there are angelic beings and creatures. It speaks of angelic beings and creatures that gives him praise. There are some angels that are crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, continually. Continually. He is in a league all by himself. I love reminding people that he dwells in unapproachable light. That speaks of his holiness. Let me say that clear. That speaks of his holiness. How distinct and unique he is from all of creation. He is the only self-sustaining one. Everything else has been created. If it's an angel, it's been created. If it's a demon, it's been created. If it's a man, been created. Any other creature has been created. Nothing else in all of life is self-sustaining except for him. Before time began, he was there. When time is over, he is there. In the midst of time, he's there. He is worthy of worship. He's worthy of praise. In good days, he's worthy. In bad days, he's worthy. In death, in times of death, whether it's a loved one or you lost something that's precious to you, we're the only ones that get moved by death. Death bothers us. I get it. We're human. We can't be prepared for it. But death does not catch God by surprise. He reigns supreme. Everything that exists and everything that's going forward, he already foreknows. What catches him by surprise? What can the forces of darkness do to catch him by surprise? Nothing, because he already know. Evil and wickedness does not move him at all. He's worthy of all praise. He's worthy of all worship. He's worthy of your praise. Whether you understand everything, and I don't understand everything that's going on, I'll be the first one to tell you. I do not understand everything that's going on in this world, and I definitely don't understand everything going on in this universe. The, the way I look at it, we ain't nothing but a bunch of puffballs, a dust ball, because that's what we are, created from dust. He created us from dust. We're nothing but a bunch of dust balls on a dust ball of a planet that's floating through the vastness of space. That's perspective. And the reason we have any significance is because of the fact that he done made us in his image, one, and two, that he done spoke into our lives. He done gave us power, so much authority and so much power that we even have power to tread on the serpent. That's a representation of demonic influence from the very beginning when he created Adam. That's why we got significance. Here's the reason why I believe why the dark forces of darkness hate us. Because of the image that we bear and because the Lord our God dared to speak life into us. And to the point that when these angels or these fallen angels had the power to do whatever they want upon us. Now we have power to walk over them, according to the scripture. Because of that, he's worthy. I always tell people it doesn't matter if I'm dealing with sickness. 
I know he's at, I'm like three Hebrews brothers. I know he's able to deliver, but even if he chooses not to do, mm -hmm. I would not bow down to the God of this world. Mm -hmm. I would not bow down to that golden image. You understand what I'm saying? Because he is worthy, even if he decides not to do it. But he's the type of God, he will come right in the midst of it with you. He's faithful. His love is faithful. That's one perspective. There's nobody like him, and he's worthy of praise. Here's another perspective that I want you to keep in your mind. You, the one that I said I want to reach, that, 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 that one is still going through the Moses in the church, but you ain't connected. You're not connected. You're just there, but you're not really connected. You're hurt. You're messed up, but you're just there because you want to try your best to honor God. That one that's a prodigal, you know you're out there, and you know you need to come on back home. Yeah, I'm talking to you. That one that's agnostic, the one that is an atheist, is saying all this mess is crazy any old way. You understand what I'm saying? Here's another thing I want y'all to think about. You come from a place of purpose. You exist in a place of purpose. And you're going to a place of purpose. You understand what I'm saying? The fact that you come from a place of purpose, and listen, this gives significance. This is why I say he is supreme. He reigned and he's sovereign. See, you know, we think about abortion. We think about the, the babies that didn't even make it. The scripture tells me before we was even formed. That's amazing. To me, that's a Selah moment. Before we were even formed in our mother's womb, he knew us. So because death does not move him, and because even abortion does not move him, even though he don't really, it doesn't line up, align up with his will, there is purpose for that child that did not make it. I'm talking to somebody. Somebody got to hear that. I'm talking to somebody. But there is purpose for the unborn, that child that didn't even make it through the birth canal. Purpose. And only a sovereign God knows that child's purpose. But as for you who's hearing me now, there is purpose for you. There was a reason why you're here at this time, today, in the 21st century. Even though you're caught up. Even though you're thinking crazy and you're not connected. And you think we're a bunch of hypocrites and all that crazy stuff. And I'm going to be real with you. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the church. But he's telling you that there was purpose for you. Yes. And, watch this. Now, I don't know if I'm going to have time to really get to it or whatever. But there's place for you in this kingdom. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about outside somebody's four walls. You got to hear me. Because his kingdom is bigger than the four walls. Yes. It goes beyond the four walls. You understand what I'm saying? The four walls is within his kingdom. That's just a part of it. In fact, a very small part of it. When we gather together and we fellowship and we praise and we worship, that's a small part of it. Very important, but very small part. But his kingdom goes beyond that. His kingdom goes beyond death. It is within us, but yet it's going to transcend, transcend this flesh of ours. And he says for you, atheists, that he has a place for you. Because you're not going to stay in that state of unbelief forever. It has to go. Absolute truth will reveal himself to you. And I know we're living in a time where people don't believe in absolutes anymore. You understand what I'm saying? But the scripture reveals to us that he is absolute truth. He is. I personally don't believe in my truth, your truth, his truth, and everybody got their own personal truth. I don't think so. I think that there is absolute truth. And I think that we are all submitted to absolute truth. The thing is that if we, uh, we, if we will humble ourselves to it. But he is absolute truth. You come from the mind, the very mind of God purpose. He planted you here, put you here. Purpose. He already, see, from a godly perspective, there is no premature death. Well, I know that's heavy for some people because we talk like that. Oh, you died prematurely. He died prematurely. Or oh, you lost that prematurely. Prematurely, not to God, not to someone who is sovereign, not to someone who already foreknew. 
Even the ones that didn't make it, like I just said a few seconds ago, the ones that didn't make it through the birth canal has purpose. We don't know their purpose. We just think because everything, we just think the uh, earth is the uh, center of everything. It's not. Our world is not. It's temporary. It got to fade. It got to go. You know why I really want to reach these, these people that I say that's disconnected? Because it's a lot of people inside of the church. And again, I don't care if it's Catholic or Protestant or whatever. It's a lot of people who's actually, actually acting like they are the policemen of the Bible. Or they're the policemen of the Gospels. And they stand on God as if they're letting, telling people who can come into the kingdom and who can't. Says who? That's good. Yeah. Who has that type of power or authority? No one. I'm not nobody's. Listen, we are nothing but lighthouses. And when I say that, all we do is direct you to the source. And he is absolute truth. Yes. He, Christ Jesus, is the source. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? We don't worship nothing. We don't worship an uh, engraving image. We don't worship another man, another woman. I don't care how anointed or what title they have, how much money they have, who they know, what connection they have. You are more than welcome. You have a right into the kingdom of God. Yes. And my prayer is that those that feel disconnected, those that feel like they don't belong, and they feel like I don't want to join in all that crazy nonsense, flood into the kingdom. Flood in. Come in. And we must have the doors open. That means the church and beyond. Come in. You are welcome. We're getting ready for a feast. And you are the guys who are welcome. Let me tell you what Jesus, his love for us is so amazing. It is so great. So he already got us. We are already in the way. We are already in the fold. We are there. He already got us covered. But that one, that one, he will leave the 99 to go after the one he will pursue. He will hunt you down because he loves you. It is not his will for you to perish. Not in your state of unbelief. Not in your state of confusion if you're agnostic. Not in your state of pain and hurt because of church people. Even the more, and when he finds you and he brings you back, he celebrates you. Isn't that funny? You would think he would celebrate us because we're hanging in there. We're maintaining. We're still trying to please you. He said, no, but I got to. We're going to celebrate the one that is still lost, the one that is still hurt, the ones that we count against, that we don't agree with, we don't like their lifestyle. We act like we forget that we, know we haven't been in darkness. I've been in darkness. And then we do something wrong because we want to measure our sins. That's wrong. Yes. There is no sin greater than the other sin. Yes. And guess what? We can't clean each other. Yes. I'm just a lighthouse. I point you to the one who can clean you. Yes. Jesus. Let me tell you this scripture, Romans 3.23. I love this scripture because it put all of us on the same playing field. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Very simple, very short. You should learn it, memorize it. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. I don't care if you're a rich man or a poor man. All have sinned. We are all on the same playing field. With me, ain't nobody better than anybody in the eyes of God. You ain't better. Don't even think like that. Let's be real with it. And because we all on the same playing field, that means, man, I can have my part in this kingdom. Here's the thing, though. You come as you are. Come. Come as you are. Transparent. Broken before the Lord. I promise you, when you interact or you have your encounter with him, not us, a mere man. I'm a lighthouse. I'm a messenger. That's it. You don't focus on a messenger. You focus on a message. And then you focus on he who sent the message, not the messenger. So good. I point you to him. And when you get to him, I promise you, you're not going to dictate to him. You're not going to change him. But he would change you. 
bring your mess. Yes, I don't already said it. I may make some people pissing up and upset and mad. That's fine, but the church is a hot mess. At the same time, I know that I need to humble myself and say that the church is the bride of Christ. So we can't go too crazy talking about the church. Yeah, we'll slate the facts. The church is a hot mess. It got a lot of crazy stuff going on. But here's the thing. We are all imperfect. Ain't nobody perfect up in here. Ain't nobody perfect. The only person that was perfect that walked the earth was Christ himself. Nobody else. I love the idea of Mother Teresa. She did a great job. She wasn't perfect. I love the idea of Billy Graham. He did an awesome job. He was not perfect. Whoever else you may want to esteem, thank God for them. But they were not perfect. Only Christ Jesus himself. And he's the only one who can make a difference in your life. And if you're hearing me, and if you're sensing his presence, then I pray that you would just humble yourself before him and let him do what he needs to do. Bun rush the kingdom. That's what I say. Bun rush. You have the right to come and join. We're getting ready for a marriage feast. And you all have been invited. It's coming. Just as sure as you see me and just as sure as you hear me, there is a feast coming. And I am so glad he got my garments ready. I'm so glad he got my place ready. He said that I go away and I prepare a place for you. And if it was not so, I would tell you. And in my father's house are many mansions, meaning he got more than enough room. Listen to this. It's been billions upon billions upon billions of people that have walked this planet. And out of all them billions of people, he still got so much more love to go. He is not running out of love. He still got love for you if you find yourself in a pit, in a jail cell, or you sitting up in your penthouse. And you feeling all lonely and messed up because things ain't going your way. He got love for you. He's here for you. He's beckoning you. He's pursuing you. The scripture calls him a lion and a lamb. Now the lion is hunting for you. Pursuing you. Not to devour you, but to love you. Isn't that funny? A lion looking for me, but to love me? To care for me? To protect me? Protect me from my own? Because sometimes my folks could go crazy. You understand what I'm saying? And he can put you in truth, not deception, in absolute truth. I have so much more that I want to share, so much more that I want to say, so much more that I want to break down. But I really don't have so much uh, time to deal with that. But I just want to let you know, there is no policeman. There is no military that's guarding you and telling you who can come in and who can't come in. You got a right to come in. Excellent. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it again. You come to him. We can't change it. Nobody can change me. Ain't nobody changed me but the Holy Spirit. The same thing that he did for me, he's going to do for you. Once you have your real encounter, a real encounter, a real experience of his presence, a real experience with the God of the Bible, the God of the Word of God, you have that experience. And then he will be the one who will direct. He will be the one who will sanctify. He will be the one who will do all the cleaning of you. And then you yourself will become like a lighthouse. Because now you will be able to say, I have tasted and see how good he is. You understand what I'm saying? And you will be able to say, yeah, death is not going to destroy him. I want you to know that death does not, yeah, it happens. It's a part of life. But it does not dethrone him from the throne. The throne in the heavens and the throne of your heart. He is not dethroned because you lost a loved one. I don't know who I'm talking to. He is not dethroned because life is not going the way you wanted to go. He is not dethroned because the devil is having a field day. He is not dethroned because the church is hypocritical sometimes. He is not dethroned. He is still on the throne, which means he's still worthy. Yes. I've learned a long time ago, and I'm still learning today. I need to praise my way through. Praise in a simple term is speak well of him. Speak well of him going through. 
I speak well of him. I honor him. I praise him. I magnify him because I understand that everything here, my flesh, my family, the money I have, the prestige, my connection, it's all temporary. Thank God for the gifts. My family's a gift. Thank God for the body. It's a gift. I've been bought with a price. I don't belong to myself. You understand what I'm saying? But this is temporary. I put my affections on him, on the thing that I cannot see. My treasures is in heaven. So where there is no thief that can come stealing and take it away or no moth or anything that can destroy it. And that's what you want to do. Just as sure as I'm talking to you guys right now, and we can be excited about this. A lot of people won't be excited about it. But there's a day of reckoning coming. You understand what I'm saying? There's a day of reckoning coming. There's going to be a day where we need to stand before him and give account for the things we have done and the things we have said. Now, I can get excited about that because I'm covered by his blood. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Oh, my. Can I say this real quick before I go? It's not good enough to be spiritual. Yes. I got time to say it. I'm going to say it. It is not good enough just to be spiritual. We got a lot of that going on. I'm spiritual. You know what people are saying in essence? I don't agree with Christianity, and I don't agree with a lot of these otherworldly views and all that type of stuff. I'm just spiritual, and I'm on my own journey. I got my own truth, and I'm the open. I'm open. Do you know what that's like? I want to read it because I don't want to misquote what I said when the Lord put it, gave it to me. When you call yourself being spiritual, what you're saying, you don't want Christ. Or if you do want Christ, you want to dictate to Christ, then what you can't do. You're not going to be able to do that. That's like being spiritual without Christ, who is absolute truth. I already established that. That's like being in a ship out in the deep with no compass. You're out in the deep, open to the elements. Get this, out in the deep, open to the elements, the waves, the wind can do whatever they want to do with you. You just out in the deep, but you open. I'm spiritual. I'm open. You know, whatever comes whatsoever, I'm just learning all about myself. No God, no compass, no direction. Now, in a practical sense, that's foolish. Any captain would tell you that is foolish. Do not go out there and you have no compass or no sense of direction. Don't do it. You go out there and you out all by yourself, the waves, the storm. You don't even know a storm coming. So you can avoid the storm. You don't even know it. You're out there in the deep, and if it's cloudy, you got no moon, no light, you're in pitch black, thick blackness. You ever been on a cruise ship, and you ever just look in the back, or it's nighttime, and you just look out far in? You can't, I put my hand out one time, I wonder if it's standing around, and it's nighttime, pitch black. I couldn't even see my hand in front of me. Now granted, it's light behind me, and you walk away from the light and stuff, go to the end of the ship or whatever, and you put it out there, it is thick blackness. Who in their mind? Your right, logical, intellectual mind with all your degrees, and I ain't trying to mock you, but we're so smart that we depend on our own understanding, and we don't want to listen to he who knows all, who created all, and he said that he will be our God, he will be our light, he'll be our truth. Who in their right mind would want to be in a situation like that? I'm out in the deep, but I'm a spiritual. I don't need Christianity, I don't need Christ, I don't need no other worldview. I am my own. That's dangerous. That's very dangerous. But even though if you're there, the Holy Spirit will meet you right where you are. He will meet you out there in the deep. And he will turn the light on for you. And he will say, follow me. Follow me. You don't come on. Humble yourself and tell the truth. You don't know which way to go. You're tired. You're thirsty. You're burnt out. During the daytime, the sun is beating down. During nighttime, you're freezing. Come on, get the picture. They made movies like this. And you're lost out at sea. You're lost out in the deep. You need light. You need truth. You need Christ. And I'm telling you to bum rush the kingdom. Come. 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 You have the right to come. Right. You have a right to sit down at the table with us and eat. You have a right. 
to learn of your heavenly father. Come learn of me, he said. Cast all your cares upon me. I will admit, if I could apologize for the whole church, I would apologize for all the hurt, for all the legalistic things we done laid on each other. And to the point, the world don't want to have nothing to do with the bride of Christ. And it's a shame because there's a day coming he's going to celebrate his bride. And then get this, I'm going to get out of the way. He said, let them grow together. And y'all probably don't get this or whatever. Those that's out there and don't know too much about the kingdom, don't know too much about the word or whatever. But he said, let the two grow together. Talking about the, uh, the wheat and the tear. One is righteous, one is unrighteous. One is his, one is not his. You understand what I'm saying? And he said, let them grow together. Grow together. Do not separate because he will do the separating in due time. He said, don't separate. Another thing that you guys probably don't understand is spiritual warfare. Because it's a lot of people, you see it's hypocritical, but see why you're judging and all that type of stuff. You don't realize some people that are in church, some people are going through warfare. Because this flesh don't care for the things of the spirit. You understand what I'm saying? We fight day in and day out. Life is a warfare. Can I be real with you? We fight day in and day out. Ain't nobody perfect. Ain't nobody attained. Ain't nobody reaching yet. We're still fighting. As long as I keep waking up on this side of the earth and I got this flesh on me and that enemy still hating on me, oh, yeah, we fighting. We fighting in church. We fight outside of church. We fight in the street. We fight on our job. We fighting day in and day out. But you're thinking we acting crazy and we hypocritical. Not all of us. Some is. You're right. Some um, preachers, pastors, all of that. Some people in the pew members, some in the choir, praising, all of that. But you don't know who's who. You don't know which one is right. So you got to be careful how you judge. What you need to focus on is you and the Lord, not the messengers, not all the crazies. Yes, I said crazies. You need to focus on you and the Lord, and you need to get to know him, not just the Bible. The Bible is the key who introduced you, who helps you to learn and grow. But you want to learn the spirit of the Bible. He who, the spirit of the letter, you want to know him intimately. When I say no, intimately, I want to search you like you're searching out for me. I want to pursue you like you're pursuing after me. I want to taste of you like you're chasing after me. That's real. He want a relationship. And I know a lot of people, y'all have probably been hearing this as well. That, uh, this is all about organized religion. The truth of the matter, I think that's a deception that the enemy just want to throw to keep it. If I was the enemy, I'll keep y'all distracted also. Just caught up until your last breath and say, I got you. You understand what I'm saying? I'll keep you distracted. I'll keep you caught up with all the trinkets and the way the world is going. I'll do all that or whatever. Because the truth of the matter is not a religion that we have with God. We ain't in here worshiping a statue and just going in circles and cycles. We in an active, thriving relationship. And he's our Heavenly Father. When we do wrong, he chastises, he corrects, he rebukes, and we line up. It's active. It's like any other relationship. The difference is we're doing this through by faith. Not blind faith because he had his word. His word is the substance. I hope I said something, not so much as myself, but I pray that something has been said through by the Holy Spirit that will just prick your heart. Something that will encourage your heart. Something that lets you know that you too are welcome and you have a place in this kingdom. You have a place in this kingdom now and the kingdom that is to come. Bun rush the church. Bun rush the kingdom of God. It is yours. Come find your place. And then let God unlock what is within you. Because he has gifts that is in you that need to be blessed by the church about so many hurting people out there. I love you, and I pray for you, and I pray God will just bless you, bless your heart with his heart. Amen. All right. Wow, that was a mouthful there. I want to thank uh, Pastor David Hazer tonight. He reminded me of something tonight. Um, 
I know we had a caller that called in right before he was started to minister. If you still want to call back, you can call back at 240-719. We still have about two, two, two or three more minutes left in the program. But he reminded me of something tonight. Pastor David, you reminded me of something tonight in, in, in um, John 12. When he says that Jesus spake, that then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have light of life. And you just made me feel like whoever's listening tonight that don't think that they think that their life is dark. They think that they can't make it. They think that you know, they're being judged. They think that nobody likes them. They just have this thing that's going on. They think, 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 think. But we're here tonight to tell you that you are, you know, oh my God, you just, you just helped me tonight, brother, because you just allowed me, reminded me that we walk in light. We don't longer have to walk in darkness. We no longer have to confess that into darkness. We have Jesus Christ and he is the light. I don't know if you're out there listening, if you've never given your life over to Christ, but you can call us in and we'll surely help you. This is a good time to do that. The number is 240-719-2560. I'm so excited tonight about my guest tonight. The Hazers came in and really uh, helped us out tonight with the show. I appreciate I, I you know, I'm one of those, I, you know, nothing's, we, we got to get away from tradition. Tradi I didn't need, he didn't have to read over a whole lot of scriptures for us to understand where he was coming from. I like that part about it. And he was real about what he was saying. I felt it. And I still believe that there's somebody out there who just still needs to know that God loves you. And we had a call today when we had a call and it was a question from Pastor Art about what does it look like? For, uh, for men to love their wives like Christ loved the church. It just means that we just have forgiveness for each other. That we have forgiveness. I don't know who I'm talking to out there. And it might be talking to myself as well. We have to start forgiving again. We have lost the idea of forgiving each other. We have lost the idea. We're too judgmental. And uh, Pastor David, you confirmed something that I said today um, from my wife today. The same thing I said. We have to teach more joy. We have to speak more joy. Right now, we're speaking like we're talking to someone. We're speaking like we're judging someone. We're speaking like we, we got something against somebody in our teaching and in our preaching. We have to start speaking love. We got to start speaking joy to one another again. Bring back the joy. Bring back the great commission. Did you feed me when I was hungry? Did you come and visit me when I was in jail? Did you put clothes on me? You see what I'm saying? We got to bring that back into the body of Christ. And our actions has to line up with the word. Hmm. My God. And, I, you know, I feel, I feel convicted tonight, but my, even myself, we start to, to, to look at people's mistakes too much. Everybody makes mistakes, but everybody deserves forgiveness. You want people to forgive you when you make a mistake, then you need to forgive people when they make a mistake. You want people to forgive you if you come out of your mouth with something wrong, then you need to forgive people when they come out of their mouth wrong. You just, we got to get back to what God really states in his word. And the Bible said, he said, forgive those who trespass against you. Oh, my God. Then he's going to forgive you. You can't expect to be forgiven if you're not forgiving anyone. You got to forgive our children. We got to forgive our co-workers. We got to forgive our parents. We got to forgive our church members. We got to forgive ourselves. My God. Amen. Amen. Hmm. So once again tonight, I am grateful. I am so grateful tonight for our guests, the Hazers. Beautiful people. Um, I, I thank God that he used them tonight just to remind us, just to give us a reminder. And, and I always say this. I've said this in some, uh, some of my sermons. It's not about you, but it's about him. 
And if you keep that in mind, it's not about you. Until next week, we thank you. Next week, we're going to be talking about health and wellness. I have a special guest that's coming on next week. And we're going to talk about health and wellness. We're going to be doing some exercising. And we're going to just have a great time. I'll see you next Sunday. Have a blessed week. Amen. Amen.